0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return
1: to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30, 10.
0: one thirty four in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Ice District where the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings are just uh, stepping on the ice. Oilers were on the ice earlier today at 11 o'clock maintenance day uh, for... Patrick Maroon was not on the ice again. He's been dealing with a tweak here over the course of the last. Uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, this is what the practices look like today at Rogers Place. Connor McDavid with Milan Lucic, who's now not scored in 23 games, and Leon Dreisaitl. Ryan Strom, who's scored in back-to-back games, with Mike Camilleri, who's now uh, at 21 games without a goal, and Anton Slepichow. Mark Latestu at uh, 24 games without a goal, with yesa Pugliarvi and Zach Cassian, And then Jujar Kara who uh, picked up, uh, did he get his 10th last night or 9th? Anyways, he's on pace for double-digit goals. He's quietly had a nice year with Drake Kajula and Ilro pac Arena. That's what the order's practices looked like today. We did do our Mr. Lube trivia before the 1 o'clock Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. The trivia question was, which Oilers prospect? At that point, he'd almost become a suspect. uh, Did Edmonton offload to Anaheim with a fourth-round draft choice to acquire one Patrick Maroon? And the answer was Martin Gurnett. And that's what happens in that situation. Gurnett was the end of his uh, entry-level deal. Uh, It was not progressing in the Oilers organization. And uh, the Oilers uh, took a, uh, you know, they had a feel on Maroon. And he was good. He was a good addition. Uh, he is now um, an unrestricted free agent. And we'll see whether or not between now and the trade deadline on Monday, if he ends up in play. Again, I've repeatedly mentioned Boston and Tampa Bay. I don't know if Boston would necessarily. I think, you know, they weren't going to do the Dougie Hamilton trade to Edmonton. Everybody knows that. Um, but that being said, it's, times are different. Uh, Boston looked pretty impressive last night. And we discussed a bunch of different options in Boston. They got some, you know, Zach Sennishin's a fleet-footed winger. Joe Haggerty hacks with Hags yesterday saying he wouldn't, didn't see uh, Trent Frederick or Zach uh, Sennishin a couple first-round draft choices in 2016-15 being in play for Maroon. Uh, no way, Danton Heinen. Uh, we talked a bit about uh, Anders Bjork. I haven't seen him play a lot, but apparently he can really fly. Um, so uh, Frank Vetrano, don't know if Edmonton would do that. Vetrano uh, did have a, a big uh, season one year in the AHL where I think he had 39 goals in 36 games. He had a ridiculous offensive campaign. But uh, the answer, again, was Martin Gurnett. And our winner was who, Brendan Ulrich? Dano. Dano. All right, so let's do this. Let's open up the phone lines on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. Reed Wilkins also caught up with uh, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And, uh, Brendan, I think what we're going to do... Again, we'll... Uh, the, the, uh, phone number 780-496-0063. We can talk about... Uh, Trade deadline scenarios, you heard John Shannon, He's he thinks it's the usual suspects, the potential UFAs that make the, more sense, uh, the most sense at this time, and then if there is a bigger deal, we're, lo- we're looking at the draft, and I've got to say, I'd say logic dictates that that's probably going to be the plan of action. Do you think er- Eric Carlson could be in play here? I'm hearing whispers that maybe things might be accelerating a little bit quicker. I thought there was no way Carlson would move during the season, but never say never. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us. at. Well, Tampa Bay would be the team that has the assets to do it, Bob, so anything could happen with them. Tampa Bay is a well-run team, and uh, a well-run team, they had some struggles. Uh, there were even some people calling for Steve Eiserman to be fired in his third year in Tampa Bay when they missed the playoffs for the second time in three years. And then, of course, had a four-year run where they've been terrific. They missed last year. It was fluke. They had a bunch of injuries. Uh, missed it by a couple points. Uh, they got everybody back. there an exciting team. They do a great job finding players. They got a lot of skill. They got some tremendous... Um, just look at the Susie Marie Greyhounds. Look no further than that team. Boris Kachuk and... Taylor Radish who used to play for Erie. Uh, those guys are big-time players that played for Canada, the World Juniors, and I got those guys with second-round draft choices. So we'll open up the phone lines in a couple moments here. Again, you can text us at 6 30. Uh, here we go. Mark says, Bob, didn't Drake Kajula wear a bubble all through college? Um, quit making excuses for him. Why would it bother him and hinder his play? Please uh, quit making excuses for his mediocre play of uh, him and the Oilers this year. For Mark, Mark, the Oilers have not been good enough, and Drake Cajula was not good last night. Okay, it wasn't, and he's not knocked it out of the park when he's had opportunities to play with Connor McDavid. If anything, the and I read the statistical numbers; uh, those two uh, have been uh, they've they've not had much chemistry uh, when they've played together this season. Uh, McDavid's numbers are vastly better when he doesn't have Kajula on his wing, and Kajula right now, to me, I mean, I asked Craig Simpson, is he a a bottom 6 forward? You know, is he a legitimate NHL bottom 6 forward? I think you can argue that he is, but he has not got her going yet uh, when given the opportunity, and he had a tough night last night, lost some bad puck battles during uh, uh, during the course of this game. Bob, do you think it's possible that Edmonton Oilers owner Darryl Cates told Pete Chiarelli not to spend to the cap this year. Lots of cap space they could have used this year from Chris. Uh, I don't believe that to be the case. Okay, I think that uh, the Oilers' lack of traction during the course of the year created a scenario where Edmonton wasn't going to be adding to improve the team dramatically. Don't have to like that. The other thing is they have cap space for a year then it's going to get a lot tighter moving forward once McDavid's $12.5 million kicks in. Okay? I don't believe for a second that ownership or those that it would advise Bob Nicholson and Pete Shirelli limited what they could spend. Again, you can text us at 630-630. V says, Bob, can you explain why Mike Camilleri is constantly in the top six and the guys that the owners need to develop like uh, Pulyarvi and Slepeshev are boxed out of those opportunities from V. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I, I think things happen for a certain reason up to the trade deadline. I would expect Slepashev and Paul Yarby to get lots of opportunity uh, after the trade deadline. Bob, side special teams, says Paul. I think our biggest need is offense from defense. What prospects do the orders have that would add points to the blue line? Thanks, Paul. Uh, Paul, I'll be honest, I I don't see Edmonton having immediate uh, answers via prospects. And the other thing is, the Oilers basically have six defensemen under contract. So you've got Clefbaum and Larson, both in the $4.2 million range on, on multi-year deals. you got Sekra, who's been, this is your entire year has been a write-off. He's in year three of a six-year deal at $5.5 Russell, who's leading the defense in scoring. In the first of a four-year deal of four million and then the Oilers are going to have to uh do deals for both darnell nurse who's not going anywhere and matt benning my guess is we're looking at bridge deals for both of those guys in terms of prospects ethan bears put up some decent numbers in the ahl had a good start uh was out of line up with a concussion and is just starting to play a little bit better the last couple weeks I think he's a decent defense prospect, but not an elite defense prospect. Caleb Jones has had a very trying year down in the American Hockey League. And uh, Ryan Matha hasn't played of late. So we'll have to – did you uh, get any clarity? the last? You've done the last two interviews, Brendan, with uh... – with the, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, uh, Jerry Fleming. Hey, did he mention, uh, Matthew? Yeah, he mentioned uh, both of them were out, and uh, last he said was he wasn't sure when they will be back, but uh, we'll, I don't know, we'll have to get an update uh, sometime this week. Okay. Uh, Mark says, Bob, so if they had a year of cap space, why could the Oilers not have kept Jordan Eberle this summer? Uh, from Mark, and Pete Shirelli has mentioned on multiple occasions uh, that one of the things that they were concerned about was a... Uh, a potential offer sheet on Leon Dry there's lots of you that don't believe that would have ever been the case, you're not in the manager's seat. That's all I'm going to respond to on that. Like, if he says that that's what he was worried about, I think you got to take him at his word for what for what it's worth. That's, okay, we'll go to Mike from Ottawa on line number one. Mike, how you doing?
2: Hey, Bob, good, you? Uh,
0: disappointed with <laughs> where we're at right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, and to apologize if there's wind. I'm just walking to get my kids from school. So, But I'm just, yeah, like living in Ottawa, being an Oilers fan, and Sens being my second team, what a what a horrible year. I mean, I didn't expect much from the Sens this year, given the fact that I was surprised they made it as far as they did last year. With are, the team are they going to trade?
0: I heard from somebody today that maybe Carlson might be further along down than people thought. Is, is this a possibility that he could actually go this year?
2: There is a lot of anger with the fans towards the owner, and I think without you know saying too much on air, you can know where I'm going there. And we love, we love Carlson, and we don't want to get rid of him. But the thought is, with all the injuries and his age, it might now might be the time to to make a move. Of course, depending on the offer. And you know, people say, "Oh, with the Oilers, you know, would you trade?" I don't dry sidle for Carlson. I'm you know, dry sidle's young. You know, he's not on a value deal, but hopefully he'll.
0: I, I, I tell you right now, I wouldn't like just because you don't like Carlson's had the, the ankle issues. Yeah. And you've only got him under contract for another year. I don't see. I, I know Pierre Dorian likes Leon Drysettle because he told me in 2014, I think you guys got the best player in this draft. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He likes yeah. him. So, and that was before he was GM. So he's always, he had a strong feel about Leon, but I do not, to me, that'd be a hard deal to do.
2: I think so, especially with who knows what's going on with Nuge. If we lost Nuge and Dreisaitl, I mean, how often are teams talking well, about trying to get that down to center, right?
0: No, no, yeah, well, no, I just, to me, like, I think the one-two punch Edmonton would have at center, and uh, Carlson's closing on being 27, right? He, or he's already yeah. 27. I yeah. I you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I could be wrong.
2: No, I hear you, and uh, it's it's uh, crazy. This is such a weird year for everything, but I wanted to ask you a quick thing on Clembaum. Uh, usually, I'm not as good of memory as you, but I, I do remember things that I think that are important. Ask my wife, she'll disagree. But, um, you know, I uh, I remember a clip when he came back around Christmas that he was being interviewed, and they were talking about his injury, and they were talking about uh, he had admitted that he was receiving injections. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I did manage a veterinary clinic for 12 years, and we gave a lot of cartridge and injections to animals. And the thing I'm getting at here is that that's a Band-Aid. That's not a cure. And I remember him saying we'll see, and they asked him about surgery, and he was yeah. like, you know, so what I'm getting at, Sekiro, we wrote the year off with him. Do we, do we want to write off next year with Clem Baum? Like, why don't we just shut him down now? You know, get him fixed up, get him ready to go, instead of uh, waste, wasting time in it next year.
0: I, I guess, it, you know, that's a completely <laughs> fair point. I don't know the full severity of the injury, okay? I don't know if this is something he's been dealing with a couple years, and they think that he, it, you know, that it, that it can be just... Uh, drilled with uh, the occasional shot as opposed to going full surgery.
2: Yeah, and well, I, it just makes me worry because I, you know, like I was saying, it's it, the cartridge, that kind of ejection, it basically takes care of the pain but it doesn't solve any of the problems. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a long-term thing and the only thing that really cures that aside from maybe rehab, depending on the injury, is actual surgery, and I just, I don't know, I'd hate to see that in the middle of the summer he, after training, he needs surgery, and then we're talking about same thing with Secker, oh, you know, give yeah. him a year, and no, you know, your, you know what persp- I'm getting.
0: At. Your perspective's fair, but I don't know the full uh, degree of the injury, that's, the, that's yeah. the challenge. I just know that he missed a few games and needed a little shot.
2: Hey, <laughs> true. And you and you would say, just real quick, with all his shots he's not getting on, on net, like, and all that, with tons of shots he's making but not scoring, I think it's Directly related. But, anyways, what were we going to say?
0: Oh, no. I was just going to thank you for calling in. Okay. Thanks. Hey, man. Mate. Have
2: a great day, guys. Go, there's cool.
0: Go. All right. Well, he, he's okay. not a doctor, <laughs> but he, he did work. It's like there used to be a commercial. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Uh, let's go to Neil on line number two. Neil, you got about a minute. Go for it. A minute.
1: Okay. The biggest problem with the Oilers that nobody ever says on, on any shows, that matter, is how bad the defense are. The defense score is one of the worst in the league. For instance, the game before uh, you played Calgary. John Klingberg had 48 points. All The Oilers defensive core had 48 points. By contrast, the Flames defensive core had 89 points. You will never win with this team with this defense with this defense, because they're just simply not good enough. They're like an AHL defense. Benning, he seems like a nice young guy and everything, but come on. He's just he's just so... Every player on the Oilers is playing over their heads. Adam Larson, since they took away... Playing over
0: but, their heads.
1: Yeah, they're playing... I, I would... So they're playing up they're playing above the spot where they should okay. because
0: there's Three's a big playing difference. Four. Adam
1: Larson since they took flashing out or cracked down the flashing, that was his biggest asset, flashing. Now he has to rely on his foot speed to keep guys to the outside or cut guys off when they go to
0: the middle. So wait a, a sec, you top. said you said every player on the team is playing uh ahead of where they should be playing?
1: Yeah. See, Adam Carson is not a number one
0: defenseman. So He's a number three defenseman. All right, so I'm just going to... Neil, Croscombe Neil, Neil, a Neil, yes. I'm going to have some fun with you here. So you okay. don't think that McDavid can play as a first-line center and Dreisaitl can play as a second-line center? I
1: said, that, I said the d Corps. I'm talking oh, okay. about the d Corps. But now, that you, gonna, mention, yeah, hey, now that you mentioned McDavid, you said I had a minute, and I can go for it, so I'm trying to go for it. You said that McDavid is... is, uh, is now that you mentioned McDavid, what I'd like to say about that, the second goal that this flame scored against the Evantons the other night. A guy turned it over on the offensive blue line and he coasted all the way through the neutral zone and all the way back into the how zone. Long ago,
0: so, sorry, how long ago did the Flames play the Oilers?
1: And the game about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. I'm just the point that I'm trying to make if you'd stop interrupting me please. Alright hey,
0: Brendan, thank you very much. You're talking about a game from three weeks ago. You say, uh, Neil, I will say this, you know, uh, last year, the combination of Clefbaum and Sekra combined for 73 points. If I I will agree with you that Calgary's got a better defense core than the Evans and Oilers. I will concede that. Uh, Matt Benning is basically being slotted as a number six defenseman right now. No one is calling Adam Larson a number one defenseman. No one. Okay. But there was a, a tone in your voice. So we rarely cut people off, but you just weren't being nice. And I don't need you. All right, portions of the show are brought to you by World Floor Coverings. Telemotors now sent you and received two times the air miles reward miles on your flooring purchases. World Floor Coverings, where they know a little about hockey and a lot about flooring. We'll be back after this. Go room on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer
0: on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. All right, uh, we got a bunch of texts on uh, our last caller, Neil. Uh, this text comes in at 630, 630. Bob, the statistical cherry picking uh, that Neil had to justify his position makes me laugh. Uh, his minute was up. Uh, more texts coming in. Uh, Bob, uh, this text out of Stetler. Uh, Let Neil host the show. He rocks. Another text out of Edmonton. Bob, Neil is completely out to lunch. Thank you for hanging up on him. Uh, this text out of Lloyd. Wah. Uh, Dudley says, Bob, take a deep breath. You don't need guys like Neil. Well, you know, uh, Jim out of Rocky Mountain House disagrees. He says, Bob, Neal is my new call-in hero. Don't interrupt me, Bob. Sweet. Uh, And this text from Daryl and Vernon. Hello, Bob. Sounds like Neil is a passionate Oilers fan. I get his uh, frustration. Uh, You do a great job, Bob. You not only host a radio show, you are a sounding board and a counselor for all of us crazy Oilers fans. I often... Uh, turn uh, the sound down on TV and turn Jack and you on. Uh, you guys know how to call a good game. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. That comes to us from Daryl and Ah, uh, you know what? It just—I uh, was trying to be polite. We don't get—I don't get very often. Uh, where we cut a guy off. You know why? Because I used to call John Short Show 35 years ago. Actually, John never once got me off, but I tried always to be polite in that situation, and I just thought that. There was, I didn't disagree with everything Neil was saying, so and I did tell him a minute, so I have to accept some of the responsibility on that. There you go. But I do think sometimes you just got to cut some guys loose. Here we go. Celestia and Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years, offering great travel deals. February, March, all-inclusive package tours to the Riviera Maya for 12.95 and PV, Puerto Vallarta for 12.07. Call New West Travel. Go online at newestravel.com. I remember this game. February 21st, 1989, my uh, former favorite player. Of the dynastic Edmonton Oilers, Mark Messier scores four goals as the Oilers beat the Hartford Whalers 7-4 on home ice. Again, that's this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. They've got spectacular travel deals in February March. One week, all-inclusive package tours to Punta Cana for fourteen thirty and Cuba for twelve sixty five. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Just a reminder that uh, guests on Oilers now receive uh, gift certificates from our friends at Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side and north side. Reed Wilkins tonight will have uh, a one-on-one interview with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We didn't get to that today. Uh, What else has he got cooking, Brendan Ulrich? Uh, Jamie Soleil will be on. Of course, she was Olympic gold medalist in uh, 2002. There you go. Uh, Amy Nixon, curler, and 06 Olympic bronze medalist to talk about uh, how Canada is doing in uh, curling at the Olympics. And uh, Golden Bears goaltender Brennan Burke on as well. Well, and uh, how's this for you? Uh, Canada plays Germany in the semivital. Uh Canada played Germany way back when. I believe it was in, was it 92, 94? And uh, Sean Burke stopped a shootout shot from a guy by the name of Peter Dreisaitl. Peter's son, Leon? Star for the Edmonton Oilers, Sean Burke's son, Brendan, star for the Alberta Golden Bears. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat Afternoon News with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross. Have a great day, everybody.
1: Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D-I-G-I-T-E-X C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.